How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Hey there, Disney Files. Thanks for tuning in. Just a little warning that whilst we like to keep things bright and light here at Dissecting Disney Ditties, occasionally we do drop in a bad word or two. So if you're listening at home or in the car with the kidlets, you might want to listen to this later. Enjoy. We'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet to record today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to elders past and present. Ladies and gentlemen, the president will now be here to answer any questions. Uh, well, thank you all for coming. I, I do have time for a couple of questions. Over here, Mr. President. Mr. President. Over here, Mr. President. Uh, you, yeah, you there. Stackers from CNN. The people want to know, what is the best Disney song? That's all the time I have for today. Thank you very much. Mr. Mr. President, you, you, can't, you can't walk away from this. Mr. Mr. President. Hello, hello, and welcome to Dissecting Disney Ditties with Will and... St- fucking... <laughs> In my head I'm going stackers and Will, Will and stackers, stackers and Will. Just pick up. <laughs> Roll sound. Rolling. Sound production take two. Hello, hello, and welcome to Dissecting Disney Ditties with Stackers and Will. I'm Stackers. And I'm Will. And uh, on this show, we will be breaking each animated... (laughs) (laughs) Hello, hello, and welcome to Dissecting Disney Ditties with Stackers and Will. I'm Stackers. And I am Will. And on this show, we will be breaking each animated Disney classic down, song by song, in an attempt to answer the impossible question. What is the best Disney song? She's stark, raven, mad. A question that I feel like we get closer to the answer to, but also further away to the, from the answer. Yeah, I feel like as we move on, the songs get better and more terrifying that we're going to end up with having to have some sort of like battle round between all the songs we rate. Yeah, I also find that I'm also getting more... Um, harsher on mm. songs as we go along because I start going, oh, well, I rated that last one three out of five, yeah. but this is really a three out of five. So what do I do? <laughs> now I have to rate it two out of five. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm really like battling with the contribution to story because sometimes I'm like, I love this song. And then yeah. this little voice in my brain is like, but would it really matter if it wasn't there? Yeah. Like would the story be vastly affected? Think yeah. in your musical theatre brain. Mm. If you can take the song out, it serves no purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I think we've like our, our criteria is really good. We just need to be a bit harsher, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we'll start rating and like instead of 0. 0.5, we'll have like 0. 0.13. Yeah. And like, <laughs> we'll be like being at the Olympics. Yeah, well, you know what? As a maths teacher, that uh, makes me really happy. Uh, more fractions, please. <laughs> How have you been, Stackers? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Um, I saw In the Heights this week. Oh, I also saw In the Heights yes. yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. It has shot. I've always considered Chicago to be one of the best executed movie musicals. Yeah. I'm pretty confident in saying this has overtaken it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because yeah. I didn't like it as much. Really? Yeah. I um, 
I found some of the the story changes, like just little mm. details that they'd changed for the movie from the the stage show, quite bizarre. Some of those choices they'd made, and I didn't feel like it personally. I didn't feel like it added overall to the to the story, and in some cases, it might have even sort of lessened emotional impact. Mm. But obviously, you know, I'm I'm not from the Latinx community, maybe those changes were made to benefit the Latinx community. Mm. So I can't really speak from that part. But, yeah, like I, I really enjoyed aspects of it. Some of the the acting was fantastic. The music obviously is sensational. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah, I thought um, the shift away from the climax of the show being um, Benny and Nina getting together, which when you watch a musical you know that's going to happen, Yeah, shifting that away and then – including a brand new storyline about Sonny, no spoilers, but oh my God. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, yeah. and I said to my students on Friday, um, I'd seen a senior class and I said, look, guys, if you have a chance, go and see In the Heights. It'll be an amazing spirit experience for you musically and culturally. You will yeah. understand so much more about the Latinx community in America. Um, yeah, I thought it was Awesome. Yeah. No, great. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought the kid who played Sonny was really fantastic. Oh, and so just good. some of the like little looks and the little uh, like inflections he puts in his words. It was, he was great. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like Daphne Ruben Vega, my girl, oh, original yeah, Mimi. Yeah, she Rent. came back. Yeah. I just I only recognized her because of the voice. She yeah. started singing. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> and like I couldn't pinpoint who her two sidekicks were yep. until the end. And I was like, oh, my God, Orange is the New Black and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's because she's smiling. Yeah. I didn't recognise so her. So different. Yeah. 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 So good. So no, good. it was. It was great. I, I watched another movie this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched Twister from 1996, 1995. The Helen Hunt. The Helen no, Hunt, okay. Bill yep. Paxton, Extravaganza, and oh, my God. In the words of the famous Caterpillar, why? <laughs> well, I was uh, unwell. I had a, a sick day and mm-hmm. I sat on the couch and I thought, hmm, I might watch this movie. It just came <laughs> up on the list. I was like, yes, <laughs> Twister. I remember enjoying that. And it's just the most bizarre experience yeah. watching it Watching it as an adult, watching it, you know, 2021 when we've had all these amazing action movies. It's mm. just like, oh, that's a thing. <laughs> Um, well, I uh, last week, uh, me and my partner decided to watch Moonlight. Oh, yes. Because we realised yeah. it's one of the few um, Oscar winners that we haven't seen. Yeah. I think we made it about halfway before yeah. I was like, I'm still not on board. Yeah, really? Couldn't do it. Yeah, okay. I was like, I'm not sure what the focus of this film is. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't like La La Land, but no, I, I understood that yeah, more than this. I didn't like La La Land either, so I, I, resp- I, uh, I I'm with you on that one. Mm. I did enjoy Moonlight because um, we watched it maybe two or three weeks ago or something as well. Mm. Um, but it, it, it's a weird one. Like, yeah, yeah it, it it's very sort of slow burning. Um, I thought Maha- I'm going to butcher his name here, but Mahashala Al. Ali. Ali. Yeah. Um, I thought he was fantastic in that first act. Um, and then, yeah, I just didn't – it didn't quite hit the same high as second and third act for, for me personally. So I, I get you there. Yeah, yeah, it felt very art housey, but not mm. – um, yeah, with those like acts and chapters and whatever. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. Almost Tarantino-esque, I guess, with yeah, those, yeah. those chapter titles and stuff. Yeah, but I'd rather we rewatch Hateful Eight five yes. times over yes. than delve back into that movie. <laughs> Uh, but we're not here to talk about Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> this isn't a Quentin Tarantino podcast. It's not dissecting uh, Qu- Quentin's uh, quandaries. Dissections of people. Yeah. Uh, we are here to talk about Alice in Wonderland.
stats from Stackers. Uh, the year is 1951. We are one year after the release of the smash hit Cinderella. Music is by Sammy Fain. Lyrics are by Bob Hilliard, except for the unbirthday song, which is penned by Mac David, Al Hoffman and Jerry Livingston from Cinderella fame. The score is once again by Oliver Wallace, delivering us that sweet Disney sound. In the cast, we've got Catherine Beaumont as Alice, the vaudevillian superstar Ed Wynn as the Mad Hatter, and the uh, incredible Verna Felton as the Queen of Hearts. Verna Felton once again killing it with a completely different character and a completely different voice. So good. Smash hits from this show were I'm Late, The Unbirthday Song and Very Good Advice and In a World of My Own, which were recorded by a few female pop stars of the day, including Doris Day. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I give myself Academy Award nominations for this one. First time that it hasn't even been nominated, probably because there's no real actual standout songs in it. Yeah. There's a lot of like little vignette songs, which I suppose is kind of the point, but um, yeah, nothing really stands out. Yeah. It also, it still to this day holds the record for the most songs of any Disney film. Yeah, because you look at the list of songs that made it Mm. and there's 15, 16, something like that in there. Yeah. And then you know, we'll get to songs from the cutting room floor, but you look at the songs that didn't make it and there's about 30. Yeah. Like it's insane. <laughs> An insane number of songs. It was like in. the Survivor edition of who's going to make it yeah. to write the next Disney yeah. song. <laughs> the Jabberwocky song, your tribe has spoken. Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> 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 I imagine that's exactly how Disney worked back in the day. <laughs> Just this insane Jeff Probst type character <laughs> eliminating people. <laughs> um, oh. So basically we're in 1951. Not much has changed since 1950. We're mm. in America. We're in kind of the golden years. We're looking at the golden age of cinema. What was really interesting is we know that when Cinderella was being made, they were millions and millions of dollars in debt and Cinderella was a smash hit. Alice in Wonderland was not a smash hit. Yeah, okay. In 1950, both of these films were almost ready to go. Yeah. And they were debating whether to release Alice in Wonderland first or Cinderella. Ooh, okay. If Alice went first, end of Disney. End of Disney, right. Yeah. yeah. Which is really quite strange because this movie, considering they've just done the hard reset of Disney and they've gone back to what worked with Snow White and we've mm. done the princess thing again, this is a really strange movie to follow it up with. Yeah. Um, so to think that this could have been released first, yeah, that's pretty nuts. Crazy, yeah, and that would have been the end. So this is, uh, I think I've spoken about it before, but this is probably one of the first films that Walt Disney ever wanted to make. So back in 1923 he wrote Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, which were the Alice comedies starting, starring Virginia Davies, which was that live action mixed with animation yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That had 57 episodes. It ran for years. Wow. Yeah, and it was really loosely based on the books. Like she didn't really do anything that's in the books, either um, Adventures in Wonderland or Looking Glass. It's kind of like random things that she did with cartoon characters. In 1936, they released a Mickey Mouse short called Through the Mirror where he falls asleep with a copy of Through the Looking Glass on his bed and then like a dream version of himself goes through a mirror Mm. and does the whole like 
larger, smaller thing and then dances with a pack of cards. Yeah. It's actually really cute. I watched it today. Um, <laughs> I'll have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, it's super cute. It's like old school Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Voiced by Walt Disney still at this point. In 1939, they had uh, David Hall, who was an art director, did an entire story reel. Mm-hmm. So Disney is the creation of the storyboard and so a whole story reel is basically a full wall of pictures yeah, and it was really dark and grotesque because the original story is real whack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some real whack stuff that didn't make it into the animation. And so that was uh, rejected but they were still working on how to bring it to life and then World War II happened and everything Mm. went out the window. Yep. And between sort of the 40s and the 50s, a few more pitches were made. They were looking at putting Ginger Rogers in some sort of live action animation blend. Yep. That didn't last long. They made an album and that was it. Down, 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 down. Falling, 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 falling through the air, through the air. That's all I could think of as I fell down the rabbit hole. And then enter Mary Blair. So we talked about her Mm. last time in Cinderella. She went on that South American tour with Disney in the middle of the the riots and she was just really inspired by like all the use of colour and block colour and that sort of thing. So she did a whole bunch of concept art. And the illustrations from this are really famous. They're by John Tenniel and she basically was the first person to present Walt Disney with illustrations that were not really based on that version. Okay. Because the really dark stuff that David Hall did was based on Tenniel's work. Yeah. Hers wasn't. Hers was much more like bright and colourful and less terrifying for children. And they went with it. Yeah, because it is something that you notice, and Angie even uh, mentioned it to me fairly early on in the viewing the the movie, is that the colour use in the Disney cartoon is sensational. Like it's so beautiful and bright to look at. It's amazing. Yeah. So that's really fascinating. Yeah. I really want some prints framed and put on my wall. I love, love the animation in this. Yeah. 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 It is incredibly strange, but also just so, yeah, beautiful. So for those of you who have never seen Alice in Wonderland or haven't seen it since you were a child. Or have only seen the god-awful Tim Burton (laughs) live-action remake. Let us undo that for you. (laughs) Alice in Wonderland begins with Alice chilling in a tree whilst her sister reads boring stories. I actually found this debate whether or not it's her sister or her mother and there's like cases for both because she never says... Like daughter. She does say my child, but we are in the 1800s, so like. Yeah, I assumed it was like a teacher or something. Yeah. Like a, like a nanny type tutor. Yeah. Hmm. I, I thought always thought it was her sister, but anyway, you be you. Like a typical naughty schoolgirl, she gets fed up and simply leaves mid-lesson. After singing a little ditty, she spots a white rabbit wearing a waistcoat, screaming about being late. She chases after him and after one of the most chillaxed falls down a never-ending rabbit hole, <laughs> she makes it to Wonderland. After making it through the tiniest door you've ever seen, she runs into a series of random weirdos in the form of animals, creepy clown twins, feisty flowers, a hooker-smoking caterpillar, a creepy cat and the inspiration for pancake parlours all over Victoria. 
After a little breakdown, she runs into the Queen of Hearts. Thanks to the Cheshire Cat, all hell breaks loose over a wacky croquet match which leads to a special kind of trial where sentences are given before verdicts. Alice eats some edibles and loses her shit at the Queen. The Queen screams, off with her head! Chases her backwards through the wacky wonderland and then Alice wakes up and it was all a dream. You just failed Year 7 English. (laughs) Remember that? Yeah. You cannot say yeah. it was all a dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as uh, one of my favourite things to do when I was younger was to go through in the early days of the internet and find all the TV shows that had like really unfulfilled endings like that. Yeah. And there's so many where it's like, oh, it was a dream or, oh, it's, yeah, it's just it's insane. I, yeah. like, I love it. As someone whose favourite movie of all time is The Wizard of Oz, mm. like I have a little soft spot in my heart for like it was a dream. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but dreams can be reality too. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. If, if any of our listeners are younger listeners, just use that argument. Well, Lewis Carroll did it and Lewis Carroll made a lot of money, I'm assuming, from this novel. So I'm going to do it for my year seven fictional writing piece. Thank you. You've got a problem with that? Speak to him. Yeah. Oh, let me just call up Walt Disney. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So this is a very, very Disney-fied version of the original story. Which, dun 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 I have sitting in front of me. So let's uh, have a quick look through it, shall we? <clears throat> now, have you ever read the novel, just out of curiosity? It is so long. Of course, I sent you the breakdown. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. so this is from the actual I always read it novel. and, yeah. oh, my okay. God, I wish I read like, I wanted, uh, what do you call Clifford Notes version of it. Yeah, right. It's yeah. so long. <laughs> yeah. It's just <laughs> dense nonsense is yeah. how I would describe it. Okay, interesting. Have you read it? No, I haven't. Um, but there was that... Um, the hmm. is there a movie about Lewis Carroll writing this or something? No, wait, that's okay. Finding Neverland. I'm thinking of. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> Peter Pan coming up in two in two weeks. Thank you. Uh, okay, <laughs> all right. So let me uh, let me just get this up here. <clears throat> Okay, formerly known as Alice's Adventures Underground, Alice in Wonderland was penned by Charles Dodgson, a.k.a. Lewis Carroll. It was a book that he created in 1886 for a child named Alice Little and was never intended for publication. The book begins at the same uh, the same as the movie. Boring story, white rabbit, rabbit hole, long passage, small door, drink me, eat me, small big. She starts crying gigantic tears. Rabbit runs past, exclaiming he's late to meet with the Duchess. She cries some more, and to make herself feel better, she starts reciting her school lessons. And this is where we hear the poem, How Doth the Little Crocodile Improve His Shining Tail? Yeah, so in the book, when she meets the caterpillar, she recites something completely different. Yeah. just moved it. Okay, right. Um, Because that did seem to sort of just come out of nowhere when she starts saying uh, recite recite or something. Yeah. Yeah, in the book she recites Old Father William, which actually is a song they gave to Tweedledee and Tweedledum like two seconds as she's walking away. Yeah. Yeah, okay. After picking up a bunch of flowers that the white rabbit left behind and giving them a sniff, she shrinks back down. Instead of just drifting through the keyhole, she finds a mouse swimming in her pool of tears who agrees to swim her to shore. It's here she meets a swag of animals trying to get dry, including a dodo, named after Dodgson himself, as he had a stutter and would often introduce himself as Dodo Dodgson. Wow, okay, there you go. Um, They trip off to a house and warm by a fire. The mouse explains to Alice that he hates cats because one day he and his family were sitting underneath a mat when a cat came and sat on it and killed everyone he loves. (laughs) All right, Alice uh, Alice Little, come here. I'm going to tell you a lovely story <laughs> about mouse murder. <laughs> Alice gets bored with the story. <laughs> I'm sorry, Alice, that this, this story of a genocide of a... 
an entire <laughs> family is boring to you. Uh, so Alice gets bored with the story and so the mouse walks off in a half. Getting shitty, Alice exclaims that she wishes her cat, Dina, was there because... Dinah. Di- like Dinah. The movie? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dinah was there um, because she's great at catching mice and birds, offending literally everyone in the room. <laughs> they all leave and uh, she's left alone to once again cry. A lot of crying. So much crying. The white rabbit shows up, calls her Marianne and demands she go fetch his gloves and flowers from his house. What follows is basically the same as the movie. She gets to the house, uh, gets big. Next scene. Enter the hookah-smoking Lepidopteran. <laughs> That's the scientific name for the caterpillar. And wow. I put in there just to stump you. A lepid- <laughs> Lepidopteran. I, I like it. <laughs> Um, who, like in the film, is a total jerk. After she pisses him off, he storms away, yelling back at her that the top of the mushroom will make her grow larger and the stalk will make her grow shorter. She eats a piece and shrinks even smaller. However, her head stays the same size, so now she's basically a walking head. (laughs) I said that to Angie at one point, is that the only thing about the animation this time, because they've got it pretty much perfectly, but the only thing about it is that her head seems really, like just slightly disproportionate to the rest of her. (laughs) Maybe that's a nod to this. She eats the other piece, which causes her neck to grow like a giant snake. (laughs) This is where she meets the bird who screams about her being a serpent. She shrinks back and the rest is super weird. (laughs) Um, Alice meets some frogs, a super, super ugly duchess and a matching super ugly baby. The cook throws a bunch of stuff at Alice, the duchess and the baby, which causes the duchess to throw her ugly baby at Alice and run away. (laughs) This already super ugly baby turns into a pig and Alice lets it run away. (laughs) She meets the Cheshire cat and heads to the house of the March Hare. Unlike in the revised Alice in Wonderland, there is no mad tea party in the original story. Yeah, so I'm sort of... Uh, I've written this based on Alice in the Underground. Yeah. Um, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland is the published version that came out like a year or two after this. Yeah, okay. So it was in Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, but I thought I'd stick to the original, original story. Of course, yeah, yeah. didn't have it. The Magic of Revisions. Yeah. Given it's probably the most famous part of that book. Yeah, I was just about to say. And it's like the most iconic part of probably both of the movies is when – she encounters the Mad Hatter at this party. It's probably the whole reason Pancake Parlor has it all over their walls. Yes. Yeah. yeah, very true. Very true. Alice heads back to the tiny door from the start of the book, opens it, shrinks and walks through to the Queen's Garden. The whole croquet scene here is pretty much the same as the movie, except with the emus. <laughs> <laughs> so again, it was originally emus. In the revision, it was flamingos. But like, right, yeah. emus is so weirdly Australian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Lewis Carroll just flexing his knowledge of like Australia to the upper crust of um, of London at the time. Yeah, I think she actually, when she's falling, she thinks she's going to fall through the centre of the earth and she wonders if yeah. she's going to end up in Australia. Okay, right. So... I don't know, maybe he yeah, liked Australia. Yeah. Represent. Something, something, mock turtle, something, something, griffin, something, oh, my God, this part is so boring, something, something, lobster. Cool. Good I summary. read all of that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like that you distilled it into something, something, mock turtle, something, something, griffin. <laughs> There's a trial about a guy who stole some tarts, it's whack, and they kill a hamster. Okay. Like, it says something, it upsets everyone, they put it in a bag, tie it shut and sit on him. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, 
the 19th century was a brutal place if you were wanting so to write whack. or read a children's story. <laughs> so whack. Like the film, everything goes to hell. They're, the playing cards launch at Alice and she wakes up on her sister's lap. Her sister has a mini Wonderland dream and then finally we reach the end. The end. Wow. Of all of the stories I've read so far, that was the worst. Really? It was just dense nonsense. Yeah. Total nonsense. Well, it's interesting that it wasn't initially intended for publication. Do you Mm. happen to know how that came to be? Yeah, so he had um, a lot of friends who were these young girls and as far as we know it was completely um, pure. Yeah. Um, He had... He actually had a condition. Do you have you heard of Alice in Wonderland syndrome? No. So he had this condition where he hallucinated often and saw things bigger or smaller than they were. Right. And that's now called Alice in Wonderland syndrome because yeah. he wrote it into the book. This whole like bigger, smaller, bigger, smaller thing. Um, but I think uh, there were these three sisters, and one of them was named Alice, and he liked her the best because she was the most well mannered. Yeah. Okay. And so they were on a boating trip. And he decided to tell a story about her and just set her off on these adventures. And they kept asking for more and more. So he wrote the book for them. And then, I don't know, someone obviously read it and went, oh, this would be amazing. Let's publish it. He revised it. And then we got Alice in Wonderland. And thus a phenomenon was born. Oh, sorry. Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. The film's called Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. I miswrote it there. Okay. Um, Yeah. 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 Well, that's um, that's really interesting because one thing just, you know, spoiler alert, I liked the movie, but there is a couple of things that kind of didn't make sense for me. And the first one was that, yeah, everything, every sort of lesson that she's learning or that someone's trying to teach her is about manners Mm. and it all comes down to rudeness and manners and all that sort of stuff. But at the start of the movie, I didn't notice her being particularly rude. She was just kind of bored. Like, yeah. But she's like making flower. Like, how would you feel if you were trying to teach a lesson and someone's sitting there bloody making flower crowns, crowns and throws it at your head? You know what? I don't even need to pretend how I would feel <laughs> if that occurred. Um, but then at the end of the movie, she's not even given a chance to really demonstrate that she's learned a lesson because she comes back from Wonderland. Mm. Her sister says something to her. She responds. And then her sister sort of goes, oh, never mind, off we go, and then credits. Like, Yeah, I guess, though, at the end the Queen does so, sort of get her comeuppance. Like mm. Alice recognises rudeness in someone else. Mm. And I guess the whole way through, actually, everyone's rude to her. Yeah, and it's all the adult characters who are supposed to, you know, who in real life are supposed to be the the teachers who mm. are the rude and, and immature and all they're the ones that need the lessons. Mm. Like mm. The, the caterpillars, a total dick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, I don't know. It, it, it's not really meant to have a moral, I guess, because it is. it was purely intended to be nonsensical and people have tried to sort of analyse it and be like this character represents this person and yeah. this authority figure or this politician and, there's like it's a rabbit hole to go down, pun intended, uh, to research all that. <laughs> but actually is just nonsense. Yeah, and I guess okay. the more nonsensical something is, the more open to interpretation it is. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, um, look, is there anything you want to talk about before we get into the songs? No, I think we should just dive right in. All right. Well, first, before we do that, we'll just take a quick break and uh, we'll see you on the other side. All right. Guys, Will here. Uh, we'd like to thank all our Patreons for their continued support. Without you guys, we couldn't make the show. So thank you, every single one of you. 
If you'd like to contribute to making this show the best it can possibly be, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dissectingdisney, where you can get early access to our episodes and other cool stuff as we build our fan base. If you like hearing my voice, you can find it on another podcast, Tabletop Unknown, where we discuss and playtest tabletop role-playing games that aren't Dungeons & Dragons. Season 4 is about to be released, so now's a good time to get on it. Thanks, guys. You know what? Keep that in. <laughs> okay. If we raise enough money, we'll pay someone to write us a theme. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Contribute to our Patreon for that. <laughs> Something that I want to mention. Yeah. So Twiddledee and Tweedledum and the Caterpillar and Mother Oyster are all voiced by one person, J. Pat O'Malley. Yep. Now, the interesting point is... Dick Van Dyke is famous for his god-awful Cockney accent in Mary Poppins. Oh, here we go, yep. This is the guy that taught him that accent. So what we're saying is that these characters were voiced by a war criminal. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to just check on J-Pat and see if he's okay. Are you okay? Yeah. No one should have to take the blame for that, J-Pat. Because so. he's sort of got an accent. That sort of accent with uh, the twins. Yeah, he does. He he has a very sort of yeah caricatured Cockney accent. Mm. Yeah, and Tweedledee and Tweedledum and the flowers aren't in Alice's Adventures in Wonderland because they're in the sequel. Looking oh, Glass. they're in the Looking Glass. Okay, yeah. yeah. And I think it was a wise decision pulling them out of there and swapping them for that stupid mock turtle. Yeah, thing and the yeah. baby pig thing. Absolutely, particularly when you hear and I'll I'll play it for you a bit bit later. Um, but there is a song that they had originally written to be for the mock turtle called Beautiful Soup. Mm. Um, yeah, but no, the, the Tweedledee and Tweedledum are a much better addition, I think. And mm. they're just a bit of fun and they're so iconic now. Like you cannot include a – you cannot have an Alice in Wonderland story without including Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yeah, I actually yeah. for my one of my birthdays because my cousin shares a birthday with me, we had an Alice in Wonderland themed afternoon tea oh, for cute. our family yeah. and we dressed up as Tweedledee and Tweedledum. <laughs> <laughs> Exceptionally cute. So should we jump into the song? Let's jump into it, guys. <laughs> Now, because there are so many songs in this and a lot of them are really, really short, we decided we weren't going to discuss all of them. Um, so what is uh, – did, did we – have you rated the Alice in Wonderland theme at all? I didn't. I, I sort of have started to just ignore the Disney chorus singers yeah. stuff that's at the start of all of these movies. Yeah, because they, they sound very similar. Very and, similar. Um, there's going to be a fun fact about the the upcoming one for Peter Pan, but yeah, even Peter Pan, it sound, they all sound very similar. They're just yeah. they're formulaic songs written just to play over the credits. There's nothing to them. Mm. So no, I left that one out. Pretty, but yeah, mm. yawn. So then the first one we've got then is In a World of My Own. Cats and rabbits would reside in fancy little houses and be dressed in shoes and hats and trousers in a world of my own. Nobody seems to remember this song except me. 
Uh, I had a friend who would only ever sing the the very first like cats and rabbits. It was just like a little <laughs> um, sound bite that I would hear every time I saw her at school or so. It was just cats and rabbits. <laughs> so that's all I knew. I had no idea how the song actually went. I was just like, oh, cats and rabbits. There we go. This is the song. Yeah, I remember <laughs> I was writing a Disney medley and I put this in there and uh, my friend Steve who was playing for it, said, what's that from? And I said, Alice in Wonderland, you know, with the white daisies. I don't know why it was such a vivid mm. memory in my head because I don't know when the last time you saw this was. Oh, years and years. Yeah, I was a child. Yeah. But for some reason the visuals of this really stayed with me and that was definitely one of them. Yeah. Okay. There mm. we go. Um, so Stackers, this brings us to our, our new favourite segment, or at least my personal favourite segment, uh, Songs from the Cutting Room Floor. Cue the track. Songs from the cutting room, songs from the cutting room, songs from the cutting room. Okay, so initially there was a song written to take in the place of um, In a World of My Own. Okay. Which was called Beyond the... Hang on. (laughs) It was that impactful. It was that impactful. I'm going to take a guess. Beyond the Blue Sky. Oh, I think it's something like that. Beyond the Butterfly... Mm. No, I think I'm closer with Blue Sky. I'm going to go with that. It's called Beyond the Laughing Sky. Oh, we're so close. So close. So let's just have a quick listen to that now. Why does the whispering wind sound like a lullaby? Is that the magic music from beyond the laughing sky? So there is two things I want to mention oh this song for, and I know you know one of them already because <laughs> I can see face. your face. So firstly, this song was written as like an homage to Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and a okay. lot of the lyrics, when you read the lyrics, they are very sort of, they've got a similar vibe to it. But the reason for changing to In a World of My Own is because they didn't think that um, uh, Catherine um, Beaumont. Beaumont's voice was good enough. Oh. And so they wrote a song that they thought was easier for her to sing. Oh. Yeah. So second. Come on. She's so much better than Snow White. Yeah, she she is. She's got, I think she's got a nice voice. I think there's times when it doesn't sound as good as it could, but yeah. like it's certainly not to the point where I'm like rewrite the songs. Yeah, like they're very similar, but oh my God. Yeah, but the second reason I wanted to the mention second, it. Get it? Do second. You, yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> tell us, Stackers, what is it? That's the second start of the right. The second star to the right shines in the night for you To tell you that the dreams you plan really can come true Yeah, so obviously we will get to that next uh, next oh, in two weeks, but... You know, like yeah. a solo, solo like Barry Tenner singing this song is mm. absolute heaven. Yeah, yeah. Heaven. Second star to the right. Sing, you should sing it. Oh, maybe I will. Will's a great singer, by the way. Oh, you should stop. sing it. Maybe that can be for our Patreon. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's uh, that is Beyond the Laughing Sky, I which was rewritten into Second Star from the Right. That's so exciting. There we go. There we go. Songs from the cutting room. Songs from the cutting room. Songs from the cutting room. Oh, well, then, how did you rate it? I gave it three for music, yep. four for lyrics because I think it sets her up really well. Yep. I gave it two for animation because there's not a whole heap happening here yep. and three for contribution to story. Yeah, okay. Um, quite similarly to me then, uh, just a little bit less, and I think this probably comes back to what I was saying just before about 
starting to rate things a little bit more harshly and, mm. they, and just because I'm trying to think about what's coming and I don't want to get into a situation where I'm rating things at five that aren't really a five. Yeah. Um, so I rated the music at a two because it's a, it's a really fun sort of fun tune. It's a mm. jaunty sort of tune. I liked it. I uh, just didn't think it was great. Um, the lyrics I rated at a three. Mm-hmm. The animation I gave a three. Uh, and the contribution I gave a three. It is the reddest looking cat I've ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And strange coloured eyes as well, like contrasting. Like the colours, like we said, are really beautiful in this, but then there's moments like that where it's like that is such a stark contrast and visual. Yeah, Yeah. I was watching this with my friend um, Nelfio. Shout out to Nelf. Shout out. And uh, when he saw Dinah, he goes, oh, it's Figaro. (laughs) Because she's like Figaro but like a like acid version. Yeah, like a, yeah, yeah, taken to 11 (laughs) Figaro. Yeah, yeah. But uh, again, the animation of the animal characters in this is stunning as well. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, my God, the animation. Certainly something they've dialed into. Mm. Uh, Awesome. So that's In a World of My Own. Okay, on to the song that follows it Im- almost immediately after. Mm, yeah. I'm late. I'm late, I'm late for a very important date. No time to say hello, goodbye, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. And I think this and Carpenter and the Walrus are the two songs I remembered the most mm. Um, coming coming. Back into it. Oh, okay. Yeah. You remembered the walrus and the carpenter. Yeah, I did. I did. It's the um the whole cabbages and kings line. The cabbages and kings. Like that's literally. I was about to say, can you sing it for me? Because I've already forgotten it. And I watched it last <laughs> night. I loved it. I've rated it quite well, but yeah. I, yeah. it doesn't stick in my head. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's um. It's a. It's a great sound. But hey, we're not talking about yeah, carpenter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carpenter or walrus. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. No time to say hello. Goodbye. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> What'd I, you give it? Look, I rated it uh, fairly low. Um, music, I gave a two. Lyrics, I gave a one. Because oh. th- th- I didn't think there was much there. It's just I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. No time to say hello, goodbye. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. Done. <laughs> like, essentially. Then I gave it a two for animation and a two for contribution. Oh, okay. I gave it a three for music. I mm-hmm. think musically it's quite complex and I like it. Okay. Um, yep. I gave it a two for lyrics as well, a two for animation and three for contribution to story. Yeah. I probably could have rated it higher on contribution to story because it does, I suppose, it is the trigger for the rest Excellent. of the movie. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, I, can you elaborate a little bit just to throw your curveball here on the music complexity of it? Um it's just it, I, I was listening to like the woodwinds and stuff. And like, but okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It was just yeah. like really complex yeah. stuff that was written into it. And I just thought musically it was very, very effective in mm. carrying this very small moment and making a huge statement about this character who hasn't really said anything about like what he's late for or anything. Yeah. Unlike the book where he says I'm late for the Duchess. You don't know what he's late for until the last, you know, 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, yeah, the score in this, Oliver Wallace's scoring of this was just really great. Yeah, no, awesome. That's yeah. great. Um, cool. So that's uh, I'm Late. Yeah. Okay. So then we have three songs that we have skipped over, being The Sailor's Hornpipe, The Caucus Race, and How Do You Do and Shake Hands. Here's a quick little fly through those three songs. Sailor's life is the life for me. How I love to sail on the bounding sea. And I never, never, ever do a thing about the weather, for the weather never, ever does a thing for me. Oh, attack, but it's without good. Come and join the chase. 
And we're back. <laughs> All right. That brings us to the walrus and the carpenter. <laughs> the time has come, the walrus said, to talk of other things, of shoes and ships and sealing wax and cabbages and kings and why the sea is boiling hot and whether pigs have wings. Kalu Kalei, no work today. We're cabbages and kings. Your favourite song. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't go that far, but it is certainly the, the song I remembered the most. And, yeah, just I think it might be a combination of the visuals. The the way the, the like, baby oysters look is yeah. really cute yeah. and just works so well for it um, that that's probably why it's stuck in my mind. And the, the visual of the half day, half night. Yeah. Like they walk through the day line, like the line <laughs> into the day and stuff. I think that's very, very cool. I have um, a sad story about this. Oh so no, here we when go. I was in, I want to say year seven or year eight, we were given an art project. Yeah. We do, you do a lot of stuff with clay when you're in yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. those years. And our art project was pick any character from Alice in Wonderland yeah. and make that. Great. And everyone's like, I'm going to do the cat. I'm going to do Tweedledee Tweedledum. I'm going to do Alice. And I was like, I'm going to do the carpenter. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so <laughs> I made the mound. I loved the image of the mound of sand when his head's just poking out. Yep. And so I made the mound. I spent, I stayed back at yeah. school making his face. I wanted it to be as bang on as possible. Um, and then I did like all starfish and then I put three gazillion holes in it. Yep. And I was so proud and I was so, so excited to show mum because it's I'm not very artistic mm. when it comes to things like that. I'm 100% music. And um, and when we came back the next week after we'd finished them, she's handing everyone their, oh, no. <laughs> their work and she turns to me and goes, Stacey, I'm so sorry, yours exploded in the kiln. Oh, and no. I had poked so many holes in it. I was devastated. I'm still devastated. I still think it was like a masterpiece in my head. It looked exactly the same and I'm sure it was pretty close, um, but it's gone. Oh, no. And I was the only person that had done I feel so bad for you. Yeah. I feel so bad. It was like way better than, you know, people's attempts at the bloody Cheshire Cat and whatever. <laughs> Anyway. The Cheshire Cat is for losers. Yeah. The what a great doorstopper would it be? It would be great, like yes. Mound, like, yeah. Absolutely. Just a little head like yeah. watching you as you walk <laughs> in the house. <laughs> that would be, would have been uh, great. Oh, I'm sorry to hear yeah. that. I even had his like arms sticking out with the hammer. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was, okay, we won't talk about it anymore, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, moving on, moving on. Um, okay, so how did you rate it? Okay, I gave this for music, yeah. four and a half. Mm. For lyrics, five. For animation, five. For contribution to story, two. Right, okay. I thought this was a musical theatre masterpiece. Yeah. It goes for like five years. Yep. I just, this is where my contribution thing kind of stuck. I was like, if you took this whole story away, yeah, yeah. it wouldn't really matter. Yeah. But it was almost flat fives for the rest of it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. How awesome. did you rate it? I rated it at a four for music. Okay. Because... It's just so fun. Yeah. I love it so much. Um, I rated it a four for lyrics, uh, a four for animation, mm -hmm. and a one for contribution. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, fours across the board except for contribution. And Same again, sort yeah, of thinking, it's yeah. Just, it's, 
Yeah, because it kind of is almost the anti-message to what everything else is trying to say. And this is sort of, I think I've said it before, not every piece of media needs to exist with some sort of message or with some sort of purpose for existing. But Mm. it's something I'm trying to assign to each of these movies as we go forward because I'm trying to think about what kids would have been taking away from this um, coming out of the movie of the time. And everything else is about manners and that you shouldn't be rude. You should you should have good manners and you should be nice. But this story is about how the oysters were being kind. They weren't being rude. They went with the walrus when he coaxed them along and then it kind of went against them. They they yeah. died because of it. So Yeah, well they say because they started with uh, she says I'm curious and they said, Ooh, the oysters yes. were curious yeah. too. Yeah. Were they curious? I feel like they were like happened upon and then they yeah. followed like the Pied Piper walrus out of there and got eaten. No, it wasn't a curiosity <laughs> thing. It was a, this is fun, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but no, look, great song and just really stunning, stunning animation. Like yeah. I said, the, the animation of the little oysters is just, just beautiful. Curiouser and curiouser. Okay. Okay, so what so is next? So we've got uh, two songs that follow this, Old Father William, which runs for about five seconds, mm. and We'll Smoke the Blighter Out. You are Old Father William, the young man said, and your hair has become very white. And yet you will certainly stand on your head. Do you think that your age is right? It's right. Do you think that your age is right? Oh, 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 we'll smoke the blighter out. We'll put the peaceful out. Some kindling doesn't stick or two. Oh, there's a bit of rubbish all to do. Old Father William, I actually think, is a fun little tune. Like, it it just, it isn't impactful enough for us to bother writing it, I think. Yeah, it, yeah. it's just so short. It's as she's walking away. Isn't yeah, because yeah. they start talking again. She's like, no, no, I have to go. And then she just sneaks Bye. out and yeah. actually took a picture of her, like, sneaking away. <laughs> like, this is me trying to yeah. leave at the end of the school day, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. When we were watching uh, this last night and, you know, she's in the house and then the rabbit rocks up and then the dodo rocks up and then mm. the lizard rocks up and... Nelf goes, where'd the dodo come from? I said, oh, he was just walking by. My question is, where'd the lizard come from? He's yeah. like, he was just walking <laughs> yeah. by. It's just a whole series of <laughs> convenient events. That's it. Wonderland's actually a really small <laughs> place. It's just, <laughs> just your neighbours are walking by all the time. Um, there was only, there was two moments in this movie that got a, an uncontrollable laugh out loud for me and the burning, the, the, the dodo wanting to light the fire after she leaves <laughs> is one of them. It's just, the, I don't know why, it was just the funniest thing where he's like, well, I have to start lighting it with this chair then and he starts like rubbing the pieces together. It was, uh, I laughed out loud. In the book, so in the movie, the rabbit's freaking out, like don't burn my house down. In yeah. the book, he's the one that is like advocating for it. Let's burn the house down. Yeah, right. Um, okay. They flick that. I think to make the rabbit a bit more neurotic. Yeah, um, yeah. Because he is just like on 112 the whole way through that movie. Yeah. It's Yeah, it's an energetic movie and he really drives a lot of that. <laughs> like, whoop, the rabbit's back. <laughs> so the next song that we come to then is Golden Afternoon. You can learn a lot of things from the flowers, or especially in the month of June. song is stunning. Mm, yeah, I loved this song and the 
visuals How are so beautiful. Yeah. And the just the like the sort of semi acapellaness of mm. it that it starts off, but then you've got like the the sort of horn that comes in at some mm. point. It's so, so good. This is probably one of the best songs that's recorded by the Disney chorus. Singers. Yeah. Yeah. I remember as a child being obsessed with the white rose. Yeah. Because she's yeah. sparkly and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that um she gets that beautiful little You solo are a white rose. You you are the white well, rose you, of Will. Australian theatre. <laughs> I said to uh, when we were watching it last night, I was like, Oh, she was always my favourite flower. And I was like, Of course she is <laughs> <laughs> And that's why we stand now. Thank you. <laughs> so um I gave this a five for music. Yep. A three for lyrics, um, a five for animation. And a two for contribution to story. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm Again, very similar. Um, I gave it a five for music. Uh, I gave it a three for lyrics. Yep. I gave it a four for animation. Ooh. And a one for contribution. Hmm. And again, I think a lot of these Wonderland songs are going to sound a bit similar for me in terms of the animation and the contribution to story because the animation overall is really stunning and all of these sequences are very um, – clever and imaginative and and offer something really unique mm. but again all of them are kind of the the kinds of songs where you could take them out and they it wouldn't affect the story yeah i i i like that alice gets involved in it because it starts to create this sort of trust between them before they kick her out yeah which is a Bit of a whack sequence, to be honest. Like, why doesn't she just say, I'm a girl? Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they're saying, you're a weed, you're a this, you're a that. Just say, I'm a girl instead of, I'm not a weed. Yeah. I'm not a flower. I'm like, say what you are, you yeah. stupid kid. Yeah. Like, it's fair <laughs> enough. In the book, she's seven. Yeah. So, like, uh, okay, right. I think she's a bit older than that in this. Yeah. I'd, uh, yeah. I, th- I feel like she might be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. It is a really stunning sequence. And if you if you aren't watching along with us, just go and Google this little sequence. It's very, very fun. Very, It's very incredible. Cute. And even like the way they're all warming up at the start, the yes. lions, like the lion flowers. Yeah. And the way the rose is conducting in the dragonfly. Or yeah. The ho- yeah. The rocking horse fly. The rocking horse fly gets yeah. stuck on her little yeah. wand, which is another <laughs> little rosebud. Like everything about this yeah. is just absolutely bang on. Mm, there yeah. is no other way this would have been better, I no, don't think. No, Okay, following this, we uh, meet the caterpillar and we have A-E-I-O-U and Twas Brilling. Second chorus. It was brilliant, and the slithy toves did the gyre and the gimbal in the way. Songs from the cutting room, songs from the cutting room, songs from the cutting room. I would like to take you through two songs that were written for the Caterpillar. So one of them is the song that is just replaced by the the, the poem of how doth the the how doth the little crocodile? How doth the little crocodile improve his shining tail? 
So yeah, n- nothing really to it there. I just wanted to, I suppose, bring it in and, and go, well, there was songs written for these characters that are very brief yeah. and very sort of just in and out. But I guess it's just to keep the story moving and to save time that they ultimately decided to cut it. And I, I don't think it's a, a great song. I don't think it added <laughs> anything to it. It's just interesting that, I, they, that they still kept in the poem. They've just made it a, a, um, a like a spoken poem instead. Yeah. Songs from the cutting room, songs from the cutting room, songs from the cutting room. Song, yeah. All right. So from here. On to the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. The thing that you all remember. Very merry birthday to me, to who? To me. Oh, you. Yeah. A very merry birthday to you. Oh, me? Yes, you. Oh, me? And I'll congratulate us with another cup of tea. A very merry birthday to you. This song. Hey, Will. Yeah. Happy unbirthday, man. Oh, thank man. you, Stackers. Wait a second. It's your unbirthday as well. It is. Oh, it's a small Only world. Only for two days. Oh. Mm. But uh, thank you. <laughs> 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 yeah. This is great. Now, uh, I've got a fun fact about this. So the guy playing the Mad Hatter, he was a vaudevillian superstar and his name is Edwin. Yeah. And Similar to Cinderella, they had live action sequences to inspire the animation. Yeah. Not in the same way that Cinderella was used in which they filmed literally everything for Cinderella and the animators hated it because it really crushed their, like, free creative choice. Yeah, yeah. Because they they literally overlaid some of the animation on the live action. For sure. But in this, um, they had some of the main sequences acted out and Catherine Beaumont, Edwin and Jerry Colonna who were Alice the Mad Hatter and the March Hare, acted this out together, who were also the voices of these characters. And so what they would do is they would record it visually and they'd record the audio Mm. and then later the actors would go into a booth and record the audio. Right, yeah. Separately for the actual animation. We know that Robin Williams, when he did Aladdin, we can almost credit 90% of the script to his script to him. It's just him ad-libbing. Yeah. Ed Wynn was an early day Robin Williams. Right, okay. So when they recorded this tea party, he just went to town and ad-libbed like crazy and he's got all the plates and the cups and, you know, things to clang around with. And then when he went into the booth and recorded the line straight, it wasn't as funny. Right. So if you listen really closely, you'll notice the March Hare is way clearer and sharper than the Mad Hatter. Okay. Because they ended up using his live action audio yeah. instead of the booth audio, wow. which is sort of like a room mic. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it was just so much funnier when he was ad-libbing and we're not really in the day of when you actually go to record it properly, you can just do what you want like Robert huh. Williams did. Yeah. So it's like something to, if you go and rewatch it, mm. you can't help but notice it. Yeah, it's interesting because yeah. I don't I don't think it was that stark that I noticed it straight up, but no. now that I'm thinking back and I'm thinking about how the voices sounded, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like they've done a lot of work to make it match, but it is just a little bit, there's a little bit more space in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's because, yeah, it's a it's a live recording. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So props to Edwin. How'd you rate this song? I I think this song is great. I gave it three and a half for both music and lyrics. Yep. I gave it four for animation because it's just brilliant. Yep. And two for contribution to story. Yeah, okay. Uh, I gave it a three for music. Mm-hmm. I gave it a two for lyrics, mm-hmm. uh, a three for animation, mm-hmm. and a one for contribution. I, I, you give a one for contribution every time I give two, and now I'm like, 
I feel like I give two because I'm nice. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, it just comes back to what I was saying before. I'm being overly harsh and you're a nice person. So (laughs) we are a good foil for each other. There's my favourite bit in this scene is when the March hair cuts the tea in half. I'll just have half a cup and the tea just stays in it. And it pours it in and it just is like, it's just filling up to the invisible line. It is so clever. I just love it. They were just, this was animated by what was known as the nine old men and they did most most of the films through the 50s, 60s and early 70s. Yeah. And a lot of the clever stuff we see is them just going to town. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's very cool. The mm. The bit that stuck in my mind and the bit that sort of drives me to new levels of horror as a older person <laughs> who has an appreciation for watches is when they open up his pocket watch and start just oh. slathering stuff in it. <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> why are you doing this? <laughs> my goodness. We'll have to look into this. <laughs> Aha! I see what's wrong with it. Why, this watch is full of wheels. Oh, my God, Oh, my wheels. It's wheels. I actually thought... When, you know, he shuts it and all of a sudden it freaks out, yeah. I was like, one, good to know it still kind of works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But two, how much more crap was in that watch? Like he's taken everything out, yeah. shut it, and then there's like springs yeah, and yeah, cogs. Yeah. <laughs> but now we like know the, the Mary Poppins bag of pocket watches. The secret formula to giving like life to inanimate objects now is like sugar and it's jam and it's butter because then it just like goes nuts. It's marmalade. <laughs> yeah. So that's the Unbirthday song, which um, yeah. was one of the biggest hits as, as well. It's a song that stuck with me. I know you remember the Walrus and the Carpenter song because you're weird, but I remember <laughs> the Unbirthday song. <laughs> um, it's interesting that you say that it, this was written by different people because it does have a diff- slightly different sound yeah. than the others. It just feels a little bit more – it leans into the ridiculousness a little bit more, I think, and mm. the the um, the way the, the music is kind of frantic and the, the lyrics are kind of frantic. It's very of the – the scene mm. and of the songs. The so, other thing yeah. I think it's similar to is Old Father William, which I know is super short. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that sort of like loose humour. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. The end when he's like, why, you know, your majesty, it's your unbirthday too. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it is. Oh, it is. And they roll out the thing. <laughs> it's so good. Speaking of her majesty, we come to the last song. Second last song. Second last song? Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, we're not speaking of Her Majesty yet. I'm all over the place today, Yeah, you are. (laughs) Um, We have very good advice. I give myself very good advice, but I very seldom follow it. That explains the trouble that I'm always in. I... I know we're so far from Frozen 2. Yeah. I have always had this gripe. Okay. With one of the emotional climaxes of Frozen 2. Yeah. Being when Elsa, inverted commas, dies. Like Anna thinks she's dead. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. And she sings this song called The Next Right Thing. Yeah. And uh, so many people in my echo chamber were like, oh, my God, that song. I'm like, mm. I found that scene very, very sad. Mm. I found when she started singing very sad until we got about five seconds in and she sings the line, hello, darkness, I'm ready to succumb. And all the straight away, my brain's like, hello, darkness, yeah. my old friend. <laughs> and I was like, this is, we get it, it's sad, yeah. but you are beating us over the head with like these, 
really clunky lyrics. It doesn't even really rhyme. Anyway, <laughs> everything that I feel like, and that whole song to me feels a little bit clunky and gear changey. Like we we just have to like keep making it sadder. And in my head, I'm like, oh my God, we get it. Just like, it's called subtlety. Anyway. Yeah. So everything that that song is trying to achieve, yeah. I think they nailed in very good advice. Really? Yeah. That's fascinating to me. <laughs> oh, dear. I was so bored by this song. <laughs> the only difference was I'm very, in Frozen 2, you're very attached to Anna. Yeah. I wasn't attached to Alice here. Like there's no real emotional yeah, connection yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. But the song itself, mm. I feel like if we took it out of the show and just performed it, I think it's so, so sad. Okay. What did you rate it? <laughs> I'm kind of nervous to say this now. <laughs> um, I gave it, <clears throat> here we go, one for music. <laughs> I'm afraid to go on. Uh, one for lyrics. I <laughs> uh, One for animation. <laughs> and a two for contribution. <laughs> You know, I was thinking when I rated this, like I didn't give this flat fives, but you know, I was like, it'll be interesting the first time one of us gives something flat fives because there'll be this oh, like, wow. did you do it too? Like, <laughs> yeah. did you? Did you? <laughs> anyway, I gave this four for music, yeah, four for lyrics, three and a half for animation, and four for contribution. Wow, I was almost a five for contribution. Okay. I thought it was just everything about the whole song is about I am always trying to give good advice. Yeah. I'm trying to give myself good advice, but I can't follow it. Yeah. And I have failed myself. Oh, I thought it was so sad. No, you know what? You've actually just convinced me there and I'm going to change contribution to a three. Okay. Because I did think at the time, this is kind of like she's learned what she's trying to learn here. Yeah. This is the the sort of turning point it's for her character. Point, yeah. So I think you're right, and I think I should up that to okay, three. We got a little bit higher. Yeah. Now, what can I do about music and lyrics? Uh, <laughs> I don't know that you can actually do anything about uh, music it's and like lyrics. It, I haven't done it yet, but it's made me want to go and grab the sheet music and just have a sing of it. I just yeah. I I thought it was so sad, and I was like, I wish I was more attached. So I felt more here. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like for the purpose it was serving, this song is stunningly heartbreaking. Mm, actually, you know what? I've just pulled up the lyrics and I'm having another look at them. What do they say? They say all the things that you're saying about them. I don't know why I didn't pick this up when we were doing a rewatch. So I'm going to up lyrics. Okay, so musically. This is unprecedented. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like changing my scores. I was the captain of the debating team. So uh. I am, this is unprecedented. <laughs> I hope you realise. Um, so I'm changing lyrics to a three as well. Yeah. Because there is, yeah, you're right. There's this whole, there's this verse where she says, I went along my merry way and I never stopped her reason that sh I should have known there'd be a price to pay someday, someday. And I think that's quite poignant uh, yeah. and stunning. Yay. Um, so, Go yeah. Bob Hilliard. Yeah, Bob Hilliard, the man. Um, now, in terms of animation, the sequence leading up to the song was very cool. Like it's the forest. Yeah, scene, and there yeah. was the like strange creatures, like the glasses yeah. that had the eyes, that she, and the then bird the, the that bird the that had the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> All of that stuff was very cool. If that stuff had been in the song, I probably would have given it higher for animation. Mm. But the, the song itself, 
they're standing around all of yeah. these strange creatures and they disappear, but there's not a lot of complexity to it or imagination, I yeah. felt. I, I gave it the three and a half because I was like, even though this isn't their debut moment, yeah. this is my chance to acknowledge how just cool some of these, mm. you know, like the car horn the, yeah, and the, the owl ducks, and the accordion the, yeah. and stuff. I was like, they're all here, so like, all right, have the point for no, here. Fair point. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's funny in um, Disneyland, they originally had an Alice in Wonderland ride, mm. and it was pretty much all set in that spooky forest, and yep. it was just like nightmare fuel for you know ten right, minutes. Right. Yeah. And that's all gone now. And the only place, apart from the teacup ride, the mm. only place that has still an Alice in Wonderland themed section, and I didn't know this until I looked it up, is Paris Disneyland. And I have been there. Oh, yeah. Um, and they've got this really cool maze that's got all these like um, Alice in Wonderland creatures and all the this way, that way, wrong way signs. Very cool, and you walk yeah. through the maze and all the kind of characters are in the maze. Yeah. And it didn't hit me that I didn't see that in Disneyland in America until yeah. I read this. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? I've never been to a Disneyland. Really? Maybe that's a Patreon thing. <laughs> Get Will to Disneyland. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, look, I think you make a good argument for the animation. Um, I'm going to leave it at a one. Yep, that's fine. Um, but, yeah, you've convinced me with the lyrics and the and the contribution. More so wins, I've upped more it there. Now, before we get to the final song, I'd like to talk about the final song that I want to mention uh, in from Songs from the Cutting Room Floor. Songs from the Cutting Room, Songs from the Cutting Room, Songs from the Cutting Room Floor. Yeah! Uh, and that is a song that was cut. Now I, I'm not 100 percent sure where it was supposed to be in the movie, but if you, it, but it is the the mock turtle. So I'm assuming it would be around about uh, the Tweedledee, Tweedledum. Yeah, the mock turtle was before the trial, so mm. you were in the right spot. My God. Yeah. It's yeah. like poetry that you don't want to read for like five hours. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the, the the this little snippet that I want to play is really really kind of boring in terms of lyrics and the way he's singing it, but it has an interesting little thing that you'll probably pick up on considering you picked up on Beyond the Laughing Sky. So let me just play it. Okay. Waiting in a hot tureen Who for such dainties would not stoop Soup of the evening, beautiful soup Ping, 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 ping. Is it the Blue Danube? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> so that song was just lyrics to the Blue Danube. or On the Blue Danube? The Blue Danube? Yeah, yeah whatever the song's called. Um, yeah, so that's. Uh, that, I just think that's really interesting that they chose to firstly write a song that is just lyrics to a completely unoriginal Song, not that mm. not that the song's unoriginal, but they they just the piece taken of a song. Music is pre-existing, yeah. Um, and yeah, and then they ultimately decided not to go with it. But mm. um, that's yeah. okay. Tim Burton fixed it and put it in the live action because we oh. really needed that mock turtle scene. Tim Burton needs to stop being given permission to make movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Oh my god, I just. Name an adaptation that he didn't murder. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Walt Disney, given that um, the original storyboard by David Hall was rejected for being too dark and grotesque. Yeah. Can you imagine Walt Disney seeing the Tim Burton adaptations? There are two of them. Let's be thankful he uh, he's not around for yeah. many reasons, but for yeah. also that one. So <laughs> that's okay. He's he's frozen. Remember? That's right. Yeah, his brain's on ice or something yeah. somewhere. He'll come uh, back. That's why I haven't been to Disneyland because yeah. it's it's the centerpiece of like <laughs> Disneyland, uh, Orlando. Yeah, they've <laughs> just, just got his head turning on yeah, a spike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just watching over. Just everything. like this recorded. I'll be back. <laughs> 
<laughs> you ain't got rid of me yet, yeah. boys. <laughs> okay, well, look, that brings us to the last song that we have to rate, which is Painting the Roses Red. Bong, 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 painting the Roses Red. Some of my favourite animation and choice of colour is to do with this scene. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the cards are so clever and stunning. Yeah, Yeah. Um, a lot more than I remember enjoying them. I enjoyed them this time, yeah. Yeah, I kind of thought that was something you could do as a kid, grab a paintbrush and just paint. Yeah, just paint And they just sort of like butt, butt, and it's done. Like that is not how painting works, No, no. Look, I didn't paint flowers as a kid, but I do have a fun story. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Just just because I'm thinking about it, you might we might cut this, who knows. Uh, when I was a child, um, for a time my family and I lived with my grandparents, my mum's mum and dad, and my mum's dad, my pop, was a very avid gardener. Okay. And he planted these beautiful, like, rows all up the side garden of agapanthers. Okay. One time when I was about five... I went along and I snapped off the heads to every single <gasps> agapanther. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he came home and I just hear shouting from the backyard. <laughs> and, um, Wait, this is in the backyard, yeah? yeah so it's like even... up the side of the house. So could goes... you blame it on passersby? Or no, was I could not. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> he, he knew it was me. I was a little bit of a rat bag as oh a small child. God. Um, and yeah, it's just, and now it's just a running gag, not just in my family, but in Angie's family, that if ever I'm passing Agapanthers, someone will turn to me and go, no, don't touch them. No touchy. <laughs> Every time you have a rat bag student, I want you to think of this oh, moment and just reflect uh, yeah. on your choices. Okay? Yeah, I do. I wish I could send a message back to young Will. <laughs> just don't, just don't snap the Agapanthers, Will. It's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so painting the roses red stackers how did you rate it i gave it a four for music i yep. think it's quite cool mm-hmm. i like the harmonies i gave it a three for lyrics mm-hmm. uh four for animation and three for contribution to story yeah okay. please tell me you didn't give it a one no no i didn't okay. i didn't I, I slightly less than you but very very similarly so i gave it a three for music yeah um a two for lyrics four for animation and two for contribution we went that far apart. No, and I, I agree with you. I think this might be some of the best animation in the entire movie. The way that the cards act like playing cards, like when they were sort of marching. Yeah. And this is just after Painting the Roses Red, I think, but um, when they're marching in and then they sort of like bunch up into one sort of yeah. stack of cards, but they're really like they're just, And the croquet sequence where they're like one stack and then yeah. they split, split, split. They shuffle in and yeah, yeah, yeah it's very cool. Very cool. Very it's very cool. cool. The only thing I sort of wish is they had more interesting backs. Yeah. They're just like yeah. tan or grey, I can't yeah. remember. But yeah. um yeah, oh that's so funny when they're moving to catch the, is it a gerbil, whatever? Yeah, whatever, it's like a know, hamster or so something. So the queen yeah. wins and then Alice hits a perfect six or yeah. whatever and they're, they're like They're all like flattening, flattening and, and jumping out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, just I mentioned before that the burning, um, the guy burning the house down had got one of my biggest laugh out loud moments in the movie. Yeah. The second came with the introduction of the queen and the king. So the queen walks in <laughs> and everyone cheers <laughs> and uh, the rabbit goes, oh, and the king. And, and you just hear king. like one person. <laughs> in the background like hooray <laughs> <laughs> it was the funniest thing i laughed so hard oh my God. 
so good. Yeah, but um, look, that's uh, that's Alice in Wonderland. That's Alice in Wonderland. I think this has elevated to one of my top five Disney movies after watching it last night. Yeah, okay. I think animation is outstanding. The yep. music is stunning. The use of music is very clever. Yeah. Like all those songs that we didn't um, review still play a really fantastic part in just keeping music as a great through line in the in the show, the movie. Yeah. The I understand it's not a great narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it isn't really a narrative at all. But it it's doesn't like have to be. Stories. Right? Yeah. But I think given the original material and what they did with it, I think they've really succeeded in transforming quite a dense book of nonsense into something that's very palatable yeah, and yeah. easy. This didn't. This wasn't a hit. And when Walt Disney had a like morning TV show, uh, which was shortly, I think this is like late 50s, he gets that, they made a shorter version of Alice in Wonderland. I want to say it was like 30, 40 minutes. Right, yeah. And they played that and it was a massive hit. Yeah. And that became something that they played all the time because people liked the shorter version. So was the shorter version just this version cut down yeah. or was it compl- – okay, right. Yeah, so yeah. I think they just cut out some of the least popular bits. Interesting. And then ironically this is one of the most re-released VHS and DVD movies in the whole lot. Wow. Because it sort of just found new life. Well, it's it's kind of been remade a few times. Like there's been a few adaptations. There was a, a live action one in like 73 or 74, which I know was quite well received and won a BAFTA award and oh, all that wow. sort of stuff. Um, there was like a – there was a, a softcore porn version that was released in like 76, which was number one in the US cinema charts for – a couple of weeks. Tell us more about this, Will. I actually don't know that much. I was just looking through it on Wikipedia. I was like, oh, my good God, what is this? I remember um, watching one in the 90s um, that I have so little memory of, but I saw a still from it um, when I was looking at something else to do with this, and I was like, oh, I sort of remember that yeah. film because it had the – I was looking for Mock Turtle stuff and the Mock Turtles were in that. Um, yeah, and then – yeah, there's obviously this and then the Tim Burton mm. and he did Through the Looking Glass. I'm out, I'm astounded that he was allowed to make a sequel. Did it? I don't think he directed it. I think he produced it. I don't think he directed the sequel. Really? Because yeah. it looks the same. I yeah, didn't it was the same, it, the same aesthetic. The same uh, let, yeah. me, let me just quickly look that up because I don't want to. No, yeah, it was produced by Tim Burton. It was directed by James Bobbin who was a co-creator of Flight of the Concords um, and directed the the 2011 Muppets movie with um, <gasps> Jason Segel. Ah, oh, and Amy... Uh, Amy Adams. Yeah. Adams. Yeah. I love that movie. Okay, maybe I should give the sequel a shot. I have heard that the sequel is a little bit better. So yeah. maybe, yeah, maybe I will... Give yeah. it a shot too. I did put on the Tim Burton one just after watching the animated one just to remind myself of how utter trash it is <laughs> and it is so bad. Yeah. Actually, the the way that Helena Burnham Carter, who funnily enough, Verna Felton played the fairy godmother in Queen of Hearts and so did Helena Burnham Carter in the oh, live actions. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the way that she's animated with like the giant head, mm. that's how the Duchess looks in the original illustration. Right. Okay. Illustrations. Illustrations. <laughs> I'm so tired. Yeah, you okay, um, mate? The original <laughs> illustrations, that's how she looks. 
That doesn't make it any less crap, but I thought I'd just mention it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's an interesting little tidbit. Mm. Angie's anecdotes. So, yeah, look, Angie Angie really enjoyed this movie, um, as we all did, um, and she had a couple of things to say, and one of the, one of the things I thought was uh, quite funny was, so Alice comes to Wonderland, she starts crying, uh, floods the place, ends up in the bottle and floats out to sea. And as she's floating out to sea, there's a sailor that speaks and says, Land ho! And she turns to me and says, It's 2021. He can't call her a land ho. Angie's <laughs> anecdotes. Okay, so Stackers, that brings us to the end of our session. But first, we have to announce which song won. So, drum roll, please. The, the walrus, walrus and, and the, the carpenter. The walrus and the carpenter. Or the story of the curious oysters. The sun was shining. I'm not surprised. That no. song is a beast. Yeah, no, it's a great, great song. Um, and that actually puts it at the top of our list, you were saying. That's now number one, followed by Give a Little Whistle and Baby Mine from Dumbo. There we go. Interesting. Yeah. So, see, a lot can change in one episode, guys. A lot can change. That's going to be a tough one to beat with a score of 29.5. Of course, um, it can re- the highest score that a song can receive is 40, so we're still a long way from that. But yep, yep. That's going to be a tough one to pass. Well, we've got a long way to go still. Yeah. So, <laughs> But look, thanks everyone for joining us for Alice in Wonderland. Stackers, thank you once again for hanging out with me and doing this thing. If you did like this episode, please make sure that you uh, both like, subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. Yeah, we want to build the fan base, guys. We want to get as many Disney files on board as possible. So... Look, that's that's it though. We'll see you in two weeks for uh, what's what's next. Is it uh, is it the 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 little flying boy? Yes, we'll yes. see you in two weeks for Peter, Peter Pan. Pan. Bye. Bye. Powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply.